0: Mandatory food labeling is on the front burner in the House of Representatives this week. We'll talk about it on this edition of Tune In. Hi folks, thanks for tuning in. Here's your host, Representative Rick Crawford. And we are back for another edition of Tune In. I am your host and your representative Rick Crawford. Glad you could be with us today. Um Genetically modified organisms, uh, GMO, and food labeling, and how that works uh, in East Arkansas, particularly in the agricultural community, no big issue, nothing new here. But it has sort of amped up a little bit, uh, and it really kind of plays into the debate about access to safe, healthy food across the country and certainly across the world. And believe it or not, as productive as we are in East Arkansas and the Delta, uh, Delta region, some of the most productive farmland in the world, no doubt, Uh, we still have some access problems in fact we could use the term food desert Uh, according to Darius Tony a member of the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance his hometown of Hughes in St. Francis St. Francis County used to have a grocery store Um, but after it burned down people were then forced to have to drive to West Memphis or Forest City both of which are about 35 to 40 miles away so access becomes a problem so other rural areas have uh, access to healthy food but it can be expensive. And these high-risk rural areas, which uh, in in our district in Arkansas include about half of the Ozark counties and uh, more than two-thirds of the Delta counties are sometimes referred to as food deserts. Take a listen.
1: Lambert is what's known as a food desert because finding a place that sells good fresh food is like looking for a needle in a haystack. If you live in Lambert and you need groceries, your only option is this convenience store. On the day we were here, there were no fresh fruits or vegetables, a few coal cuts, and the prices were high.
0: As you know, I represent a large rural area that already has problems with food access, and GMO labeling is an issue that could effectively make prices higher and really make access even more difficult with with respect to the cost of of food. Um, In spite of the facts, the people of Vermont thought it would be a good idea to uh, engage in a mandatory labeling law, uh, genetically modified organisms, identifying those on the label, on, um, really kind of on the basis that GMOs are bad for our health. And there's all kinds of evidence to the contrary. So this is an emotional idea that's not supported by facts. In general, ingredients grown using genetically modified technology require fewer pesticides, they require less water that keeps production costs down, they have higher yields, and that means typically lower food prices. And so if we're talking about an access problem and an affordability problem, then you think this would be counterintuitive. Removing GMO ingredients can also be a problem for food manufacturers. Uh, in spite of that, um, Vermont's food labeling law was scheduled to go into effect this summer, and... Um, Some businesses tried to address the problem ahead of time, Um, and one of those businesses, uh, believe it or not, was uh, a Vermont institution, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. They decided to remove GMOs from its own from its ice cream in response to consumer pressure um, before the state law passed. It really took them about three years just to remove GMO from some ingredients, and the new products average uh, about eleven percent higher. So you can see that. That there's a premium price associated with the idea of being GMO free. Um, The problem is 70 to 80% of the food we eat in the United States um, both at home and when we eat out contain some ingredients that have been genetically modified and as I said for folks who are willing to pay a premium more power to you that's fine but for others it's not. That's why uh, last year the House passed a law that allowed GMO labeling To be voluntary. Take a listen. A recent study shows that
1: the proposed state GE labeling laws could raise the average family's cost of their food bill by roughly $500 per year. To ensure that the families in Kansas and all across the country have access to nutritious and affordable food, H.R. 1599 accomplishes three primary objectives. First, we ensure that every new GE plant destined to enter the food supply goes in for FDA review. Second, we present what would be the creation of an unworkable, patchwork, state-by-state state or even county-by-county county or city-by-city city mandatory GE labeling laws. And finally, in order to provide clarity to those who prefer not to eat GE products, our bill authorizes a voluntary, user-fee-based, non-GE labeling program at the USDA to provide even greater transparency.
0: Despite that legislation, complying with one set of rules in Vermont and another across the rest of the country was going to actually be more expensive, and a lot of producers have begun labeling all on their own just for the sake of ease and clarity. The problem we're running into is not only Vermont, which Vermont's law is, to me, extremely out of order, very difficult, and puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the country. But what we don't want is for Vermont to be the default uh, for food labeling so as I, I typically and you know this I've said it many times I typically would like to defer to states on regulatory things of this nature but when, when we have a patchwork quilt of regulations regarding the labeling of food that's problematic and so um, this is a time when we probably need to sort of standardize that labeling requirement across the country not real crazy about the idea but I'm less crazy about the idea of Vermont setting a standard and, and then we have you know 50 states with 50 different label requirements. Ironically, this whole GMO labeling furor has caused some people to, to engage in some really ridiculous ideas. For example, uh, there was a, a, a salt um, manufacturer or distributor, whatever you call them, that had uh, on their label no, uh, no GMOs in our salt. Well. Salt is a mineral. It has no genetic material in it in the first place, so you couldn't modify genetic material if it doesn't exist. But the idea was to provide some level of comfort to the consumer, right? I think the real idea was to charge more because there was a premium associated with GMO-free salt. Uh, And this is the idea that I'm trying to point out, is that this is not based in real science. It's based in emotion, and I think we can do better. But in, in in this case... This is uh, uh, an instance where we have to kind of mitigate the damage here and try to standardize it for the sake of trying to keep costs low. Um, there's a catch if the states are gonna go ahead and begin making their own laws anyway, it just makes sense to have that national standard, one that, that I don't necessarily like, but it simplifies the rules and and helps us to keep costs uh, for food as low as possible, and that's what we really should be all about. So wanted to bring you up to speed on that. Um, and, We'll keep you posted as things develop on that. As always, uh, that's going to do it for Tune in this week. Here's a quick look at our vote check. Until next time, have a good one.